0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. In lieu of the catchphrase this week, I want to talk to you about Andrew and I's new money goal. See, we have this $850,000 poster on Amazon. Of this, <laughs> 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 It's like a movie about, can a full-grown woman truly love a midget? It's called Freaks. That's uh, that's a new goal. So uh, yeah, help build our business up to the point where we can buy this poster, and then Andrew and I will split it in half.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it's only $850,000, but the shipping is free. Oh, yeah, it's free shipping.
0: It's a deal. They probably could do like drone shipping to you guys in New York. That's true.
1: I'd be afraid. I mean, there's a really fancy poster here. Anywho, got, like, mullets.
0: That's my way of like adapting to no catchphrase, which is your fault. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, what Level are you drinking, my friend?
1: Um, Speaking of prepared, I, I, I was actually <laughs> out late last night drinking, so I'm just having water. Okay. Um, coupon follow. They had this like whole party in the WeWork Fulton office in New York. Uh, it was awesome. Thanks and, for the invite, dude. Oh shit! Well, I, I didn't know. I had no idea <laughs> I'm you were in New York. Just with you. <laughs> but uh, there was unlimited gin, beer, all things, and I definitely indulged.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: What are you drinking, dude?
0: I so I, I was telling you off the air, but I'll retell it for the benefit of the listeners. I went to this whiskey tasting last night and had some Tennessee moonshine tasted like socks and a few other things nice so you Colour, bought that one. socks <laughs> it t- I don't know it tasted like sweaty gym socks which <laughs> I imagine that's what they distill that moonshine in I actually learned some interesting things like with certain uh whiskeys especially like Canadian whiskeys they don't just age it in the barrel they actually have like these strips of wood that they'll put in there to like add some extra flavors and to kind of accelerate the uh aging process a little bit and that's why they're like some of them are really sweet or nutty or have like these very uh overpowering flavors
1: i wonder if they try like dropping some sweetest fish in or something i could really
0: (laughs) (laughs) andrew i think you just gave us a new business idea no i was sitting there thinking like Is there like some new distilling technique no one's thought of that I could just like kind of corner the market in? I'm going to do like the cement truck distilling way where I'll just (laughs) like distill it with a constantly moving barrel and see what happens. It's like foamy whiskey or something. Anywho, I say that because uh, I actually didn't buy anything and I'm drinking Exile Sir Mocha Lot Imperial Mocha Stout. Oh. You see the connection, right? Not
1: really. (laughs) There's no connection. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: better than me saying yes. I was drinking fancier things last night, but this is pretty good. And I've been informed that uh, not the peanut butter stout that I had in San Diego, but a peanut butter stout is on its way to Iowa. So I will oh. finally get my hands on that.
1: Hmm.
0: Something similar very soon. And it's going to be on tap. So, what? Yeah, I'm so, pretty So you're going to have like a
1: kegerator in your place?
0: Don't give me ideas. <laughs> 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 no, I'll just try to get myself like a bomber or something. But yeah, guys, today I'm excited once again. Well, I guess we're going to be publishing this the same day that I published my interview uh, with Steve Cam, who Steve and I are pretty good <laughs> friends. But, Andrew, hey, you, guys, I- have you
1: talked to Steve before? Um, I have not met Steve before. I am well aware of your large and awesome By body. By existence? Work. Yes. I, do. I, I hear <laughs> there's a myth that you existed, and I've... I've read about you. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm. I'm here. I like. I like.
2: First of all, that we've already talked about uh, freaks and uh, a lot of drinking, and then we're moving right
0: into the guy that started the fitness company. So this is uh, <laughs> this. This is good. Exactly. I thought it would be. If we're gonna do an episode on like resilience and motivation and stuff, we got to start with some debauchery, right? <laughs> well, also, you know, I, I have a I have a significant uh, alcohol collection behind me as well. You know, I love
2: you know Scotch or bourbon on the rocks too. So yeah, it's absolutely. funny. Like whenever I do meetups, people are like, "Is it o- is it okay if I get a beer?" I'm like. Yeah, dude, get me one too. And I am like, oh, okay. I was so nervous. I wasn't sure if you were going to – you just drink water and only eat broccoli and chicken. (laughs) I'm a a normal person, and I take care of myself as often as I can, so that way I can enjoy myself the rest of the time and still do the things I need to do. That's not how you get
0: healthy? I thought it was just a steady diet of water and broccoli.
2: Water, broccoli, and then, uh, yeah, then you just subscribe to the Ron Swanson School of – uh, training which is I think just chopping down trees, drinking whiskey and and, uh, and eating eating steak and all the bacon and eggs you can muster.
0: I heard that there's like this half an hour video of Ron Swanson just sitting in a chair by a fireplace drinking scotch. And my <laughs> friends are like, instead of those fake fireplace videos on Netflix, let's just put that up for Christmas. <laughs> like, I'm down. <laughs> yeah.
1: Great. But for, so, for yeah. the people that don't know you, you created this pretty awesome site, Nerd Fitness. That is actually for nerds. Yes, there are a lot of people who like make sites for nerds, and they're just like trying to capitalize. But you're like, like legit. You have like quests and uh, like bonus levels and stuff, and it's like really, really cool. Um, Were were you born this way? I I was born. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah,
2: it's it's funny. I guess I've been running Nerd Fitness now for seven years, and thanks to Marvel and, and Star Wars and. Uh, video games growing in popularity now it 's like cool to be nerdy, but like seven years ago when i was when I was a twenty two twenty three year old kid uh that spent all of my time playing a game called EverQuest and reading Harry Potter between job sites and have built my own computer and you know struggled socially awkward et cetera i was like i 'm just i 'm a nerd and i 'm proud of it, and I want to help other people like me that also happened to be nerdy and want to get fitness advice you know I had tried so hard for so many years to get uh, into a shape that the type of shape that I was looking for and like I spent half of high school and all of college training and had no success and it wasn't until after there I finally realized like oh, diet is incredibly important and unless you're combining (laughs) diet with a proper like routine you're pretty much spinning your wheels and wasting your time so once i kind of cracked that code i was like i i need to help other people like myself that don't have six years to make these mistakes and i googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up so i picked up nerdfitness.com and uh at the time, you know, I was still working a full-time gig that I was horribly mismatched for and quite terrible at, and started working on Nerd Fitness as a as a side project, and it has since kind of grown and grown and grown since then.
1: Dude, so I, I think like the the crux of Nerd Fitness um, and like what you teach, uh, like parallels very closely with money i mean you could literally just be like nerd money and just replace all the words fitness with money and it would probably be like super valuable well, i gotta it's go like, buy
0: nerdmoney.com. <laughs> careful nerd <laughs> wallet's gonna come down on us That's
1: true but wait so i, I want to like kind of save that for the meat because you weren't I'm um, not that you weren't born awesome, but it's been no, like sure, yeah. <laughs> it's it's been a, like a trek. Like you didn't. I was born on the planet Krypton, and I came here after a certain number of years. I knew it, uh, d- <laughs> dude. Tell us how you started, because I, I I heard that you had a job that you didn't quite like, and you uh-huh. weren't doing all this awesome shit.
2: Yes, I. Went to college in Nashville, Tennessee, and my favorite classes in college were entrepreneurship. Loved the idea of building a business. My, I think the, the the course. The funny thing is, there was a course where they had to actually build a, you know, a fictional business and grow it. And the business that I built was called Extreme Excursions, and it was like an extreme sports travel agency because I always wanted to travel and do awesome things, uh, and I had never done. I never traveled or done awesome things. So I was like, this sounds like a cool company where I can combine business and the things I want to do. And then out of college, I immediately took a job in, uh, sales. I was selling construction equipment, uh, which I was horribly mismatched for and sounds terrible fun. at. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> bad. Um, they gave me like a company truck and paid me a, a pretty good amount of money for somebody just out of college. Uh, And I figured, like, both my parents are in sales. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just do sales. That sounds, like, fun. Um, And I realized within, like, a month or two, I was like, this sucks. (laughs) I am so bad at this. And I'm driving to a place that I hate. I'm up super early. The people I work with, I'm not, you know, I'm just... Not a single aspect of this works, lines up with what I'm trying to do. And then, you know, at the same time, I'm also feeling tremendously guilty. This is like 2006, 2007, when, you know, the economy starts to kind of turn. And I'm like, I have a job that pays me well. I live in San Diego. I go surfing. I live with my brother. Like, I have money to go out and drink and buy video games. Like, what more could I ask for? This is just adulthood. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And like a year goes by. And I'm still... How old are yeah. you, by the way? I'm sorry? How old are you at, at this point in the... Uh, 22, 22, 23-ish. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been at the job for about a year and spending my afternoons playing video games, uh, training a few days a week, learning more and more about, about getting in shape. And it was just kind of a hobby for me. So playing a lot of video games, spending most of my Fridays and Saturdays out drinking, To forget the week I just had, and then being really miserable on Sunday, knowing that I had to wake up at five thirty the next morning to go try to sell construction equipment again. So after about a year, the guy in outside sales ahead of me quits his quits, walks in when Dane says, "Screw it, I'm out," and they had nobody else in the office that could that was, I guess, qualified to be an outside salesman. So the boss throws the keys at me and he's like, all right, you're now outside sales, congratulations. You get a raise and uh, you're going on commission. You get a three months guaranteed commission bonus, a blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But get your ass out there and start selling stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we'll, uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll, we'll figure it out. So I'm now at the point where I'm driving around in job sites, at least I'm out of an office, driving around job site to job site, getting rejected or yelled at by different construction um, construction site managers and the novelty of me having my own company truck wears off after about four days and I'm like this just sucks they then installed gps tracking devices on our trucks oh, so shit. my boss knew where my car was parked 24 hours a day and I remember there was one morning where he uh he said he called me at 703 and he's like uh excuse me why haven't you left your apartment yet I'm like what? <laughs> like, I, I can see, I'm looking at the computer. I can see your car is still parked in front of your apartment. Um, why haven't you started your day yet? I'm like, I'm literally walking out the door right now. He's like, well, you need to start at seven. It's oh, like, wow. well, yesterday I sold twice as much as, you know, the last month, whatever. And you know, he's just like, your day starts at seven. I'm like,
1: that's ridiculous. How do okay. you deal with
2: that? Uh, yeah. So rather than, rather than, uh, get, you know, and, and I'm terrible at outside sales. I love talking to people, but I, I was just awful at it. I, I do not have the the skill or or the i guess i don't know i was as a socially anxious awkward Uh, type of individual. It was tough for me to walk up to a job site where some guy that has 40 years of of construction equipment experience and then me try to sell him something that I have no idea what I'm talking about. So it was just a bad situation all around. So in order for me to beat the system rather than get better at my job, I instead chose to drive from job site to job site while reading Harry Potter in my car. (laughs) (laughs) So I... Yeah, yeah, I would I would leave my apartment before seven, and then I would drive to my first job site. But then I would just sit there in the car for about fifteen minutes and read a few chapters of the book. I'd go into the job site, get rejected, come back out, read another chapter, drive to the next job site, <laughs> read another chapter, whatever. So like I like beat the system. But I'm I'm just awful at my job, and I'm sitting there thinking like you know i was class president salutatorian in high school i went to i was in every club imaginable college i did really well how far have i fallen in just a year where i am like shirking my responsibilities and skipping out on doing my job because i'm just so miserable i'm like this there's no way i'm doing this for another 40 years like i'm this this is terrible i'll, I'll do anything else but this is not it so i walked into a bookstore i think it was ju- i just finished the 7th book in harry potter and it was the, uh, within a few months of, uh, Tim Ferriss's for our work week coming out. And it was like the light was shining through, I can't remember which, which, <laughs> uh, it was like an outdoor mall with a, with a bookstore in it. So like the light was shining through at the perfect angle onto this, onto this you know, the, the dais in the bookstore that had the four hour work week sitting on it. And I am just beat up emotionally, mentally, physically at this job that I'm just so terrible at. And it's sitting there with like the, the, two, the silhouette of the two palm trees and the guy in the hammock between. And I'm like, oh, that, that looks pretty, you know, I don't know what this is. I don't know who this Timothy Ferris guy is, but let me check that out. So. Picked up the uh, picked up the book, read the inside flap, and then I read like I think the first page, and I was like, "Yep, this is this is happening." So <laughs> I hope you told him to, that story. Uh, yeah, bought about it. The light. No, <laughs> it was. So, I do. I'm not like it was like if there was oh. music in the background. It, yeah, it was some sort of like you know chorus singing like oh, <laughs> as as I'm as I'm picking this book up, uh, or almost like in the Legend of Zelda where like the light is shining on the master sword. Like this yeah. was that moment for me. So I picked the book up buy it go home read it in like a day and a half and my head just explodes like i feel like neo discovering the matrix for the first time like you don't have to be miserable you can travel if you can effectively build a very small company that solve somebody's problem and do so testing it in a very simple way
1: but I mean look Steve yeah. you had a lot of experience developing websites you had been writing for years <laughs> and like your family were entrepreneurs so like this was an obvious tro- like choice for you right <laughs> <laughs>
2: no I I had never done any creative writing in my entire life I don't think uh, maybe in like second grade like my parents recently found a story of like I made like a monster story of like a monster that lived in the basement <laughs> it was very poorly written and uh, just not not very proud of it but I was you, I was you know sick so what can you do um, you you know, my, my dad actually did have a very entrepreneurial streak but he had, he also worked for Tyson chicken for 30 years to put three kids through college and um, so both my parents were in sales which is why I went into sales uh, the only writing I ever did was the term papers I had to write in college mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, had, I had no idea how to code anything my type of Nerdery came from uh, video games and books, not from programming and, and development. So I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to build a website. I had never done any sort of creative writing before. But up at that point, I finally cracked the code for my health and fitness. So I was like, all right, I got it. The book talks about a social group you're a part of and something that you're good at. And I was like, got it. I'm a nerd. I love fitness. Let's see what we can find. So I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up because nothing existed at the time. And uh for a few years actually nothing existed around the idea of nerds being fit. So I purchased nerdfitness.com as a dom- you know, I I I actually had a friend help me buy it because I wasn't sure like if I buy this, do do I now have a website? Like what does this even mean? Sure. <laughs> uh I, I didn't know. Uh so I ended up buying a website and or buying the domain name and I used, I think, Bluehost and spent the $59 to get a year of hosting. And and then proceeded to do absolutely nothing with it for a year. Uh, <laughs> best I was $59 so, ever. Best 50, I, I was so <laughs> afraid to start and I was like, oh, I need to have a personal trainer certification and nobody's going to believe me. Mm. And at the same time, I knew, I was like, well, if this site is eventually going to take off, it's going to be a while. So I need to get out of the sales job ASAP. Mm. <laughs> So I fly back to, I flew back to Nashville for homecoming. So this is, I'm still 20, I guess at this point, probably 23. Uh, Flew back to Nashville for homecoming. This is uh, 18 months after I graduated college. And on my flight back to, I had the best time ever. Hung out with all my college friends. And I had like the most amazing weekend in Nashville. And then I'm flying back to San Diego and I have like this panic attack on the airplane. I'm like, I don't have my friends out here. I hate my mm. job. My life sucks. I'm going in the wrong direction. I'm so miserable. And I just can't, I, I got to mix things up. And I got off the plane and got a text from one of my friends that I was just hanging out with it, Like, Hey man, like I'm thinking of moving to Atlanta. And so as my other friend, we need a third roommate. You should consider moving here. And like, I just extended a 12 month lease in San Diego. And I was like, you know which I'm not realizing it's like a, a, uh, Uh, pattern for me of, of bailing on leases and, and, (laughs) which I'll get to in a second. But, uh, so I'm now like two months into this lease and I'm like, that's, that's, that's it. That's what I I have to move to Atlanta. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there, but I have to get out of here. I have to quit this job. I, I'm so miserable. I have to go. So I called my brother who I was living with and he's like, dude, do, do what you got to do. Uh, I I respect you. I love you. You know, you're on the hook until I find somebody else to live with me. But, um, (laughs) You know, if you have to leave, then you have to leave. So I set up uh, a trip to go to to Atlanta to visit my sister, who was at University of Georgia at the time. And then I was like, I'm going to move by the end of the year. I'll be in. I'm moving to Atlanta. So I started applying for jobs all over the place. I'm looking at, like, healthcare conglomerates and IT consulting and all these other consulting gigs and all these things that, like, I think I'm supposed to do. And my brother tells me to check Craigslist. All right, (laughs) Craigslist. Okay, so I go to Craigslist, and there is a job offering or opening. It's like looking for marketing assistant. Must be willing to travel, love music, and be creative. And I was like, that sounds like a scam. We're like, you show up, and like they just steal all of your things. And you're like, well, I fell for it. I have one kidney now. (laughs) Shame on me. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so then I looked more into it. It turns out this is a really cool company that chartered floating music festivals. They like would rent, rent cruise ships and then put a bunch of bands on those boats and, and then sell the rest of the cabins to fans of those musicians. I was like, uh, this sounds like the greatest thing in the entire world. So I emailed them uh, and they e- emailed me back with like this Um, Like you have to fill out this personality profile. Like, okay. And I was like, "What's your favorite movie?" I was like, "My favorite movie is The Shawshank Redemption." And here is three thousand words why and blah blah blah. And it happened to be the same favorite movie as the owner of the company. So they were ready to hire somebody like immediately. And I told them I wasn't going to be there for another month. And like, all right, all right, we'll wait for you to come in for your for your interview. So I fly in for my interview, and I'm in a suit and tie because I have to go to the second interview at like a healthcare conglomerate. And they're like. Nice suit. Like, what are you doing? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to go to this other interview. They're like, all right, whatever. This, you know, meet the team. Blah blah blah. Come back this afternoon and make sure you have comfy shoes and socks on. I'm like
1: yeah. <laughs> What?
2: This makes zero sense to me. But okay, so I go to my healthcare conglomerate interview and the lady walks me into her tiny office. That she's like, after five years, you'll get to an office like this. Your first four years, you expect to be cold calling people from your cubicle and blah blah blah. And like, my soul is just. Sh- shrinking like, mm-hmm. like this this sounds worse that i would rather sell construction equipment and i'm terrible <laughs> at that so i go back to the the cruise job in the afternoon and they take me bowling and buy me beer because they wanted to see if i could fit in in this environment it was a very small company it's about 15 people it's like a family and they're like if you're going to be part of this like you need we need to know that you can fit in and i bowl like a 185 or something and i've never bowled. Very well ever. And like, I just kicked everybody's ass and we was and we're, like drinking beer. And I was like, that went way. I got so nervous because it went so well. And then they finally called me a few weeks later and they're like, all right, you're hired. It was my salary was like, I was less than $30,000. And I was like, I don't care. I am so happy. I remember like running through the streets of San Diego screaming, I have a job. And like, so <laughs> excited. <laughs> I then load up my car, bail on my lease in San Diego drive all the way cross country to Atlanta and I ended up working for this company for like two and a half uh yeah about two and a half years and I'm still good friends to this day I still go on one of the cruises every year as a guest uh now which is so much fun so while I'm working for them I finally work up the courage to start nerd fitness as a as a side hobby and I'm just writing articles I have no idea what I'm doing my content is terrible uh I had my roommate who was a programmer get me set up on WordPress cuz even like the f- easy five-minute WordPress install, like I I had no idea how to do that. So he got me set up and I had a very pre-basic WordPress template with Nerd Fitness and I just started writing articles and uh, slowly but surely built up an audience and, and expanded from there. And it's kind of cool. Like uh, it eventually, after about a year and a half, I made the decision to quit uh, and make Nerd Fitness a full-time gig. So I, I, like, I feel like I want... I took the entire path where I started like a job that I hated where I was an employee in a massive company and then I moved on to being an employee in a company that was small that i loved and I can actually make an impact to being the living the Tim Ferriss life of being a solo entrepreneur and running my own company to now it's at the point where I have eight full-time employees and nerd fitness is becoming like a legitimate company with with like you know I've like w2s and and <laughs> hr hr compliance and uh, you know unemployment and healthcare and all these things so i have i've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other and it's been
0: quite the journey along the way so is uh is 185 unbowling like the prerequisite for getting a job at nerd fitness now
1: <laughs> i think <laughs> so yeah it was <laughs> you went from something shitty you made like a, a crazy dramatic life change um found a job that you loved uh and then in a year and a half, you, you quit it. And I guess one, why did you quit? I mean, did, sure. did you see like some crazy future thing? And how did you actually enable yourself to quit? Because a year and a half is pretty fast. And I don't know, like, did you sell yoga pants? Like, how, how did you make money? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: great question. So yeah, the, the, I remember the day the conversation happened, ultimately it went down like this it was like, Hey, I am no longer interested in hanging out with rock stars in the Caribbean. I want to hang out with unhealthy nerds online instead. And everybody's <laughs> like, uh, "Uh, all right, dude. Uh, <laughs> good, good luck." I guess like everybody thought it was. Everybody thought I was crazy, uh, and to an extent, I thought I was crazy as well. So what happened was, like I said I've been wor- I worked for the company for a full year, and then I started Nerd Fitness. And as as Nerd Fitness started to grow, I got more and more emails. It just became more and more apparent to me that at some point down the road, Nerd Fitness was going to become my full time gig, and so I'm now. Let's say I've been working for the company for two years. I've been with Nerd Fitness, or I'd started Nerd Fitness for a full year at this point. And like over the next six months, like the company got a little bit bigger and it got it got restructured. And like the two big events that I was in charge of was funnily enough, one was Zach Brown's uh, first cruise that he did, and Zach Brown now like sells out you know, multiple nights at Fenway park and stadiums around the world. Um, and my other event was Jillian Michaels was doing a fitness cruise. So I was in charge of these two events that were happening later on in the year. And nerd fitness was just growing, growing, growing. And then like it hit this inflection point, uh, 14 months after I'd started it, where I'd written a guest post for a website called art of manliness. And my audience like doubled overnight. And I got all these amazing emails from people and like a really giant ringing endorsement from Brett who runs Art of Manliness and that's when I was like man uh, this excitement i used to have for this day job is is now part of nerd fitness and i'm in charge of these two events that are going to take place later on this year and if i don't get out of here now then those events are going to suffer i'm going to burn bridges and nerd fitness is not going to get the chance that it deserves. So, uh, fortunately because it, a job, it was a job that didn't pay me very well, I was already living incredibly cheaply. I had saved up a decent amount of money. Uh, but I told them, I was like, Hey guys, look, you know, I know I'm in charge of these two that are taking place months from now. And I, like my heart is just in this other thing and I have to see it. I have to see it through. And I remember the conversation with Andy, who was the owner of the company And he's like, I get it. I did the same thing that you did when I was your age to start the company that became this cruise company. It's called Sixth Man. Mm. Um, He's like, I get it, man. And, you know, he was nice and they gave me like an old laptop because I didn't have one. Like, that got me through the next year of my first business and they were very uh-huh. supportive and I mean, couldn't have been nicer about it. And you know, I told them, I was like, I'll stick around for the next month and help you transition into new people taking those things. But I, I got to make this thing work. So I actually quit before I had made any money with nerd fitness. So it was no, ad- make, like before your first dollar before my first dollar, I quit.
0: Yeah. That's okay. So crazy. I have one big question. Cause I mean, we talk about like runways sometimes, like, yes. Did you have a runway? Like how short was it when you started? this? I probably had an eight week runway.
1: Holy that, crap! That was your savings, and yeah. you quit with eight week one. Right? All right, go on. Oh, well, okay, so at this point, Nerd Fitness is
2: had a had a de- I mean a relatively large following, and my, I had a I did have a
1: dude. How how large is a relatively large following? Let let let's be frank here.
2: <laughs> uh, geez, I mean, I probably had um, actually looking back, it probably wasn't that big. Three
0: thousand, three thousand subscribers, maybe. Really? Yeah. All right. Okay. Go on. That's pretty sizable. I mean I kept yeah, mine like full time when I was like a thousand, so. Okay, yeah, maybe it was
2: two thousand, three thousand, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um so my I did have a backup and it's funny, actually, my parents came on the last cruise that I worked mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in at a bar in mexico like the only time that we got to not be kind of crazy working when we were doing these cruises was when everybody was at port like going exploring whatever so like i was sitting at a bar with my dad and i'm like dad I, got, I gotta quit he goes all right you have money saved up i'm like some he goes so are you making any money yet no you have a backup <laughs> plan kind of all right go get them. I don't, I don't worry about you. Good luck. And let me know how, you know, if I can support you or help. i was like, no, no, I, I think I can make this work. So I quit and I posted an email on nerd fitness that said, today is the first day of the rest of my life. Nerd fitness is going to be the thing that I spend my life's. This is my life's work. I'm going to put out an ebook one month from today and I would love for you to pick it up. Hopefully I sell enough of them to allow me to focus on this full time. If I don't, that's okay. I will find another way to monetize this site, but I feel too strongly about the community and I know this is what I'm meant to do. So, uh, so yeah, I hope you check it out. So I spent the next month like not sleeping, um, and put together my first ebook and, and I was like, the def- the day it came out, I was like, so I just sent the emails like, man, if I could sell, I think I was hoping to sell like 30 of them or 40 of them, whatever it was like, if I could, and I think it was charging like $40, maybe $39. Wow. I was like, if I can sell like 30 to 40 of these things, at least it proves the concept at which point now I need to do is scale it. And I think I sold like 40 of them in an hour. And I got a bunch of emails from people saying like, dude, I don't even need this. I just want to support what you're doing. Uh, you know, I, I hope this... Um, Uh, I I hope this helps you get to where you want to go with this business. So uh, I bawled my eyes out. And it's funny, earlier you mentioned you had a kegerator or not having a kegerator, but uh, (laughs) we actually did have one in our apartment in Atlanta and I realized it's kind of funny not to celebrate with a giant beer, uh, after launching a fitness product <laughs> a month after not sleeping very well. But you know, like I was just a ball of nerves for a month. And that, mm-hmm. that month, I think we ended up, or that in those four days, I sold like 140, 150 of them. Oh. Um, that bought me three, four months of, of runway. Cause so I was, again, I was living very cheaply. And Like, prove this. I was like, holy crap, like, this is actually a thing. Like, my backup plan was I was going to become a barback. I was going to wait tables. I was going to do whatever. I actually picked up some really odd side jobs. So like I painted, there was back to back nights where I painted the soundstage floor for one of Drake's music videos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from the hours of like 1 a.m. until 6 a.m. on back to back nights. I had to show up to the sound studio in Atlanta and there was this massive like you know, 40, 50 yard soundstage and I had like a roller on a stick and a giant just vat of paint that I had to paint the entire soundstage black and then I have to come back the next night at one in the morning and paint the whole thing white. That was my job for two days because it paid me like 200 bucks. And I was like, all right, if this is what I have to do in order to make nerd fitness work, then I will paint as many sound stages as it takes. There was another day where I was like pushing, I was essentially like a roadie for a, for a, for a radio station's like concert act for one night because it paid me 100 bucks and like sweating, pushing equipment around. I was like, I don't care. If this lets me focus on nerd fitness and get me to cash flow positive, if I can do that on a monthly basis or on a daily basis, then at that point, all I need to do is is scale it. So uh, those first few months, you know, after Nerd Fitness, after I sold that first ebook, and it did well enough to buy me some some income. Uh, since then, Nerd Fitness has just been slowly but steadily growing and growing and growing. And then, really, in the past two years, kind of turned like hit this I don't know rocket fuel and it's just kind of gone like and and, and taken off. And it's been pretty fun to to watch it explode.
1: So uh, how long? was it from day one until that you were earning, uh, enough to, to, support yourself? And what was that number? Like that you felt like you were actually running a business that fed you and sure. you focus on it.
2: Six months after I'd started nerd fitness, I was probably doing, I want to say, you know, somewhere between two and three K a month, uh, but my apartment lease was up in Nashville. I'm sorry, in Atlanta. So I was friends with some other, uh, travel bloggers that had and I got really addicted to the idea of travel hacking, aka racking up a boatload of frequent flyer miles and hotel points by lucratively, you know, shuffling credit cards and never carrying a balance but paying them off in full and whatever. So I actually decided to move out of Atlanta after my lease was up, because I was like, there's no if I don't have to be here and I can work from anywhere, let's let's test that. Sold everything and used my points to book an around-the-world plane ticket that was like 140,000 points and 400 bucks in taxes and fees. I wrote a whole story about it, and it became Gizmodo's like number two how-to article of 2010. What? Uh, And I I booked a trip that took me to five continents, 12 countries, 20 cities. Uh, I crossed like 30 things off of my bucket list and ran the business from my laptop while traveling and came back more financially stable than when I had left.
1: So, look, Oh, um, yeah, this this is a pretty ridiculous story, and, and I, I think <laughs> yeah, it's right? like Sorry. it's told. I mean, it really is. And I mean, you took like a lot of risks, um, and I, and obviously it paid off. But like, this is like the the winner end of the story, and I know that you are not like the superhero that it sounds like you are, and you have sure. you have this thing that Thomas told me that you've written, um, or, or this like concept. About being anti-fragile, and um, see, see how I did that right there. Boom! Nail the transition. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I kind of want, to, I kind of want you to maybe talk on like, um, because you obviously weren't that great with money. You didn't save that much, you know. You were you quit your job and you're playing video games. You weren't even working on the business. Like, how did you kind of shore yourself up to become you know the Steve Cam of today? What really influenced me
2: from a money perspective uh, was a gentleman by the name of Ramit Sethi, who I'm sure you guys are all familiar with. I will teach you to be rich.com. Um, a few months before I quit, I read his book uh, of the same name, and a big portion of it was stop relying on willpower and instead put systems in place to save money, to set yourself up to succeed. So no, I, I literally went through his book chapter by chapter. I was like, okay, step one, if you have credit card debt, blah, 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 I was like, okay, I don't have any of that. That's good. Move on to step two. It's like, get yourself a no-fee checking account that you can withdraw money from anywhere in the world. Great. So I signed up for a Charles Schwab checking account. And then it was like, okay, now you need to set up an online savings account that automatically pulls from your uh, checking account so that you don't even see the money that you're not spending Got it. So I set that up with ING, and then the next thing was like, okay, uh, set up an IRA. I was like, well, I don't have any money, but I'll at least put, you know, some money into it. Or I, I think I converted my company's four hundred one k into an IRA with Vanguard. So I was like, okay, I will continue not carry debt. And then anytime I brought money in, like I set aside some more to save it. Um, and then when I started my trip around the world, I, again, I had two goals. One was to build the business as I was traveling and come back more financially stable than when I had left. So I sold my car and I got, like, you know, eight or nine grand for it. Um, and I figured like that gave me a, a few months cushion to get another ebook out while I was traveling. So then I'm traveling and through Australia, New Zealand, exor- you know, trying to exercise here and there. I mean, my nights I would I'd stay in hostels and I'd be surrounded by drunk, drunk kids from all over the world. And I'm sitting in the only place in the hostel that has Wi-Fi with headphones on you know 6 7 hours a night not sleeping to get the next ebook out the door to write the next article whatever i mean it was although it was like oh seems so traveling whatever like i was busting my ass every day to do cross things off the list to to tell that story and like the traveling Would aspect cross, of it helped cross
1: what things off the list and I'm- sure so
2: uh i'm glad you asked <laughs> that actually because i like
1: cuz I feel like you're touching on like a lot of good points but I feel like you're blazing right past like some of the <laughs> some of the meat because you you have you've created a lot of like great things. Yeah,
2: well, so as a guy that had spent far too much of my time playing games and reading books and watching movies, when I quit the day job, I told people, I think I was really inspired by uh, Chris Gillabo had written an article on Tim Ferris's site that was like, you know, be known for something. And Chris was known for being the guy that wanted to visit every country in the world. So I was like, all right, fine. I want to be known as the guy that turns his life into a video game. So I wrote down a list of all the things I wanted to do. And it was like, you know, learn to speak, uh, you know, become fluent again in Spanish and become financially independent and go skydiving, bungee jumping, uh, scuba dive, the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, visit the, you know, go on a safari in Africa, blah, blah. So I created my list of all these things that, you know, as a guy that had always said he wanted to do stuff but never did them, it's like, all right, dude, let's put your money where your mouth is, publish your list, and then actively start working on them one by one. And as you cross them off, give yourself experience points so that you can actually, quote unquote, level up as a character as I as I moved throughout. You know, I saw the world as the game and I was the hero in it. So I turned my life into a giant video game and I figured that was way more fun than just saying Steve crosses stuff off a bucket list I was like no no life is a game and I have boss battles and missions and quests to complete and things like that so I'm uh, jumping around the world spending you know it's actually cheaper for me to travel believe it or not than to live a comfortable existence in Atlanta I'm staying in hostels sleeping on couches um, living very cheaply but to the outside world, it looks like this extravagant life. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't portray it as that. I was like, guys, I'm not spending very much money. Like, I'm I'm just, I'm very deliberate with where my money is going, how it's spent, and what I'm doing. Meanwhile, I'm not just doing what every traveler does, which is travel until they run out of money, and then they have to come home and get a real job. I wanted to travel
1: to cross all these
2: things off my list. Look, like, how easy
1: was this, though? Like, I feel like, I mean, you're you're being very deliberate with where you put your money, And I mean, I don't know, like, was it just like a barrel of laughs living in a hostel and like working on the road?
2: (laughs) No, there were many nights where I'm like, what am I doing? And uh, man, I realize I'm I'm making this sound all glamorous and and like, oh, I just started a business and then I went traveling around the world or whatever. (laughs) Like I was terrified to travel alone. I was a picky eater. I don't, you know, I spoke Spanish, but um, I didn't speak a lot of the languages in the countries that I went in. I didn't know what I was eating.
1: Steve, I think like one of the things that I think like, you maybe take for granted because it's like part of your personality or, or the way that you are, is like you, you've built these processes to kind of like guide your life, you know, what it, be it like fitness or clearly how you built nerd fitness. Sure. Um, like, could you maybe like dive into that? Because I think that is, is maybe the, the gold. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, very similar to what I said
2: with uh, Ramit's, you know, style of money in that it's like, if you don't see it, you know, you're not tempted by it. And I subscribe to the philosophy when it comes to health and fitness. And I'll get back to the point that I completely um, blazed over last, but your, your thoughts on anti, anti being anti-fragile. I I didn't forget. Um, (laughs) good. Uh, I don't rely on motivation and I don't rely on willpower because I know both of those things are fleeting. Um, everybody's like, Oh, I just wish I was motivated to exercise. or like, Oh, I wish I had the willpower to not spend money on this thing. Like I have no willpower. If there was a early, you said Sour Patch Kids, like my brain immediately started like salivating at the idea of Sour Patch Kids. Like if they were here, I would eat all of them until either I a I ran out of them or B, the taste buds fell off of my tongue. Um, mm-hmm. I have no control if Sour Patch Kids are within like a hundred yard radius of me. So I don't keep them anywhere near me. Um, I watch TV. I watch can't get myself to not watch crappy TV. So I don't have cable for my first three months here in New York city. I didn't have a television because I didn't want it to distract. It wasn't important to the things that I was trying to do. So I, I've put systems in place to really focus on the things that were important for me. And those were experiences rather than possessions.
1: Steve, like you're, you're not relying on your self-control, which I like, and you're kind of like preventing yourself from being in these situations that will um, make you fail, but, like, you're, you're building you in your health, and you're also building a business, did you just, like, wing it? Like, I, like what? how did you kind of go about the process?
2: Sure, well, just for example, uh, writing this book, while writing the book, I also learned to play the violin, because I thought that would be a fun skill slash quest on my, you know, my gamified bucket list, I call it my epic quest of awesome. And two of the things on that list was write a book and learn to play the violin. So although a lot of the things on my list were about adventure and travel over the past two years, I've been writing a book and building a team. So my game had to shift. So I have been building systems and, and processes to allow me to be successful with the book with the business and playing music as well. So, you know, it's uh, just for example, hold on. I I realize people listening can't see this, but like my violin is within arm's reach of my... Within arm's reach of my desk on a on a $10 stand, I bought an Amazon because if I keep it nice and neatly packed in the case, I never play it. But if it's mm. next to me, I've already picked it up five times today. Mm. And I just moved this next to me because I noticed I wasn't playing very much because it was nice and neatly over in the corner. Uh, I install programs on my computer to get me to block certain websites so that I can Every morning, like, I put a system in place to write my book, Um, building my business. You know, I gamified, you know, how many subscribers I have and, you know, financial freedom and uh, hiring people and creating systems and creating
1: great opportunities for people to work, like, at Nerd Fitness. Uh, So Thomas is very habit-driven and that was one of, like, the <laughs> biggest intriguing things for me, like, about Thomas, is he found success through habits. And I- I'm sure you have it, but do you-, do you think that that's the major driver of your success? Or do you think there's another, like, piece? Uh, no, we,
2: we are definitely, uh, whether you realize it or not, Angie, you are also a creature of habit i don 't you 're building <laughs> you 're building habits you 're building habits even when you don 't think you are, and the habits might not be things that you realize are happening, but some, some people like they have built the habit of coming home from work grabbing a pint of ice cream and sitting on their couch and watching watching Netflix mm. or they watch Netflix on their lunch break and half an hour turns into two hours uh, they 've built the habit of sleeping in instead of going to the gym so I've I've come to learn that we as a species are creatures of habit. We our brains are wired to go for the path of least resistance. And on top of that, we are also products of our environment. So that's why I put the violin next to me on a stand. That's why I block websites and that's why I put my alarm clock across the room. Like actually my alarm clock now is it's a sunrise alarm clock where like it slowly gets brighter. And it's across the room. So even if I wanted to turn it off, like I have to physically get out of bed, hit the button, and sure enough, at this point I'm already out of bed. I'm like, well, crap, I might as well just get up. Because I know if it was next to me, I would hit snooze and go right back to bed. So like I have to put these things in place. And although I've built this system, these systems to help build habits, I've built in like accountability reward systems. So like for example, uh I have to go out, I get to go out and buy a new guitar because I crossed a big thing off my list which was performing in public. I took singing lessons oh. for the past year and and by perform in public mean I stood in a street corner here in New York City at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night terrified, like horrified <laughs> and realized that nobody cared in New York City is full of people in like underwear that run around screaming yeah. things in Latin. <laughs> like a guy standing there with a guitar singing a few songs nobody cares. But
1: you <laughs> so, know like Steve, yeah. like, how do you get to that point that you feel like you justify, you know, buying a new guitar? Because I'll tell you what, like, I, I find it very easy to justify buying whatever I want or drinking beer and, you know. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I try to I reward
2: myself with things that reward me back. I think back to my favorite video game series, The Legend of Zelda, and in each Every time you complete a dungeon, in that dungeon you get like a new item. It's like a bow and arrow or a slingshot or a hookshot or something that then allows you to move on to the next level. So I try to set up a system where if I complete a certain number of things in a row or build a new habit for me, it was performing in public even though I was terrified to do it, I would reward myself with something that further encourages me down that path so it's not like oh I exercised four days this week that means I get to go drink my face off tonight it's like oh I exercised four days a week for the past two months that means I get to buy new clothes that fit better or that are slightly smaller than I need further encouraging me to exercise even more are these things Uh, that
1: you plan in advance or like you reach a goal and you're like ah guitar and then you just go out and like (laughs) no plan plan in advance so like I've been playing
2: this same guitar for 12 years I got it my freshman year of college it cost me 150 bucks and it sounds like crap But I was like, I can't justify buying a new guitar unless I'm doing it for a purpose. So I was like, if you're going to get a new guitar, prove it to yourself and you have to go out and perform on a street corner. Dude,
1: Mm -hmm. Steve, anti-fragile. Tell me, what is this?
2: (laughs) It's a concept by uh, author Nassim Taleb, Mm. which is a really great book, although I think you really only need to read like the first hundred pages and then like you get it. But it's a concept that in nature, not all chaos is bad. And... It's this idea that there are like three different types of things in our life. There's fragile, aka you pick up something and you drop it and it breaks. There's like sturdy where you drop it and it nothing happens. Or there is anti-fragile, you drop it and it actually gets stronger. So when it comes to strength training, it's the idea of picking up heavier and heavier things, pushing your heart in a, weird, in a, in a way so that like you're running and then not running and then you're sprinting hiking, up a hill, down a hill, whatever, you throw so many different things at your body that it has to become anti-fragile to adapt. So as somebody, like, I thought we as humans were fragile. Like, my two of my vertebrae and my spine don't line up, and I was just waiting for myself to snap in half. Like, that was the mentality I had for so many years. And then as I slowly got stronger and, and improved what I was doing, uh, as, as I slowly got stronger and introduced more chaos into my system, uh, into my daily routines. Then I got more, I got, I got stronger, fitter. Um, yeah, I rebuilt myself anti-fragile and I like to think of Jason Bourne as like the best anti-fragile character out there. Like put him in an environment with so much chaos and he thrives on it. Like, oh, government's falling apart. He's getting chased by an assassin, buildings crumbling, and he has to (laughs) sleep on a bench and then get his food wherever he can. Like, that's his environment like he is set up to succeed in that scenario so when i heard this concept of anti-fragile and me loving um jason Bourne, i was like oh dude this is this is it like this is this is my thing i am all in on anti-fragile so it's just become a concept that uh was introduced to me from by my friend anthony michael uh who has been helping me train for a few years
1: steve I'm trying. So I'm, as I'm listening to you and, and like seeing where you go, and I'm trying to like wrap my mind around your mind. Sorry, I'm so understand. excited about everything. No, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I, like, there's a lot of. <laughs> I'm trying to like almost like pick apart like how you work. And um, one of the things is you you pick up all these like really interesting goals. You know where you want to get stronger. You want to do this or play the violin. Um, and and but I but I know that you're very process based. How do you come up with these goals? Because they seem random to me, but I know they're they, not.
2: They are random because I am like super <laughs> scatterbrained. I'm actually like total right. Is right brain the creative aspect? Like the is that right brain? I think it's left. Left brain.
1: Maybe I, I don't, I don't know.
2: know.
0: I think right. the hemisphere theory kind of got disproved anyway. But no. well, yeah, whatever. I, think, like I think totally the right brain was
2: the creative to be like that. I'm the creative. If I don't have any structure to my day, I will. Like I've had days where like I've sat down to play a video game and next thing you know, it's like 14 hours later and I'm still playing <laughs> or like I have a project due, but I wake up and start. I remember we were supposed to launch a project at Nerd Fitness on a Monday and I woke up Sunday morning and started reading Ready Player One. That's such a good book. 14 hours later, I'm still reading the book and then I had to stay up <laughs> until 8 a.m. the next day finishing the project because I could not get myself to stop reading the book. Yeah. So like I have to plan my life around uh, knowing that like. If I'm gonna watch a Netflix, you know, Jessica Jones just came out on Netflix. Oh, like, dude,
1: it's awesome too.
2: It's so good. But like, if I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch half an hour every day, like that doesn't cut it for me. So like, mm-hmm. I have to structure my life so that I know like, okay, for the next three <laughs> days, I don't have to do anything because I know that's all I'm going to do is watch this oh, show. Yeah. So like, your question was, how do I come up with my random list of things? I just pick things that make good stories and make me feel good. Like I love music. I've been playing piano since I was a kid. I always wanted to travel. So I picked things that were travel oriented and I know I want to be active and fit. So I picked things like I try to combine some. So it's like, oh, I might do like a physical activity while traveling mm. or I might you know like my goal is by the end of 2016, I'm actually going to be at a wedding in Ireland. Like I have to bring my fiddle and play and sit in a pub in Ireland with my fiddle and play with the locals like I now have a very specific goal that means I need to get my act together and get damn good at this violin or I'm totally screwed come January I'm come December 2016. Steve, yeah. th-
1: this makes a lot of sense actually because you know you're you're all over the place with your goals but you you like self-corrected yourself because you have this thing that um, Tom has definitely took inspiration from, and I, I as have as well. You called like your epic quest of awesome, yeah, which, yeah. which I see is like maybe the your guide as you bounce all over the room. You're at least move. So, could you like tell us about that? Yeah, well,
2: with with my life being a game, this epic quest, and like I do have my scattered list of things. I think the problem with most people is they make a bucket list and they just have so much fun adding things to it, and they never actually cross anything off of it because there's no system in place for them to work towards things so although i'm not traveling as much you know i'm not living out of a backpack and traveling around the world i'm still picking goals and working actively towards them because i know if i didn't have those things it's so easy for me to just want to work and to uh not not work towards anything so you know like i said every every item on my list is gamified uh, there are rewards if I complete certain things. There are uh, consequences if I don't complete certain things. Um, it just allows me to move forward in a way that makes my life better, makes other people's lives better, um, and reminds me that, like, hey, I'm alive and I get to do these cool things and, like, I have to embrace that. If you don't put a system in place to actively work towards those things every day, you're, you're going to say the same thing at 12 months from now, which is why everybody gives up on their New Year's resolutions like three weeks after they've started them.
1: You, you've gone from... <laughs> A dude who was making not much money had like eight weeks to live. Uh, wrote a book and are really lucky that you even sold any to continue to survive. And now you live in New York City in what I would say is a not cheap area of New York City. Um, I, I'm I'm like a, a business building nerd. I, I find that very like interesting, awesome. Sure. Um, did you just write a book every month from beginning to end and that's how you funded it? Like how, how did you evolve your business beyond ebook? Uh, we did, I had three
2: ebooks. Uh, so once I went full time, I put out three ebooks over the next 18 months. So it was roughly every six months I put out another ebook and, really sustained or survived on those three eBooks for a few years, uh, just because our traffics, the traffic at nerd fitness just started to grow. My strengths are in, I think community building and, and content creation, not necessarily in business building or uh, product creation. So I had my eBooks and I knew if I got more people in the door, then some of them would pick up some of the eBooks and, and, if, as long as I could get more, you know, X in that in that equation, then I would get more Y as a result. So uh, it was ebooks, and then a few years ago, I took down all the ebooks and turned it into. We have what's called now the Nerd Fitness Academy. Uh, I started hiring some people part time to help with some stuff, and then they came on full time and. Uh, this past year we added what's called nerd fitness yoga, which is a, an online course. Wait, so wait,
1: wait, wait. slow down a second, because I think yeah. you're like, you're like, uh, railroading over what <laughs> I think is pretty awesome. Cause you did create a community, but you created like, um, like a, a skeleton process of how to kind of be a Steve, I guess it's, <laughs> it's like, like a nerd framework. You want, you want to maybe yeah. like elaborate on that?
2: Sure. So we before it was just ebooks which were just like oh you know read this ebook follow this workout plan read this diet advice and put it to use but when i gamified my life it was like oh it's experience points and missions like why don't we incorporate that into nerd fitness so when we launched the nerd fitness academy which is a you know it's a one time fee but it's a it's a a course that you sign into you can actually create a character and cross off missions and quests that are related to health and fitness so as you're crossing those things off your character levels up so you know we gamified health and fitness very much like i had gamified my existence um and as another example that we just we have this thing every year called camp nerd fitness which is a in-person event that uh thomas actually attended the first year of uh and when we had it this past year we introduced merit ba- a merit badge system where everybody had to complete a certain number of quests and missions in different categories. And when you completed enough quests in each category, you earned a merit badge for that category. And if you earned all four merit badges from each of the four different categories, you then earned like the Epic Quest merit badge. And <laughs> it was so funny watching people like hiking out to waterfalls at certain times and singing karaoke and trying to solve mm-hmm. Rubik's Cube just so they could cross off the quests to... Earn enough points to get the merit badges so that they can officially cross that thing off their list. So, this idea of life is a game, and what it just using this concept of the progress principle, aka we love making progress as a species, we love seeing incremental improvements, we love being able to cross something off of a list. Like, we've incorporated that pretty fully into uh, the nerd fitness ecosystem as a whole. And it's been fun watching people do things specifically only for the reason that they can cross it off the list and get, (laughs) get like five experience points. And I know if I can get them doing that to start a few months in, they're like, I kind of actually enjoy this health and fitness thing. Or man, like I, you know, they get that they first see like
1: improvements and they
2: see improvement or they get that first comment from somebody who's like, did you lose weight? And like, like that, they're like, oh man, I love how this makes me feel. Or they eat well and they don't see it until they eat something bad. And then like their stomach hates them for two weeks. And like, oh, uh, okay, lesson <laughs> learned. Like mm. I now know, you know, why I can't believe I used to fuel myself with this crap. Like it's uh, pretty crazy.
1: Do you feel like that's the heart of it is like the the tracking and so you can look back to see your progress?
2: Absolutely. We, we I just did this the other day, but I posted a photo on Instagram uh, I found a photo of me from three years ago, and, like I looked at it and my jaw dropped because I'm probably about forty to fifty pounds heavier now than I was in that photo. But over the past three years, I never felt different, you know, in the good forty, fifty pounds, like mm. mostly muscle. Um, without tracking, and I don't necessarily mean just step on the scale every day. I think that can make you neurotic. But tracking your workouts and seeing how much stronger you're getting, taking measurements, um, seeing if you're getting faster, whatever it is, because we live with ourselves on a day-to-day basis, these changes are so small. But every week is a personal best improvement over the previous week. And I'm getting addicted to that. And unsurprisingly, as a result, I now look back at me three years ago, and I don't even recognize the guy because I am I look drastically different. Okay. and.
1: I mean, I I have you, like, video on Skype so now everyone can see, but I think if you just changed your chops, like, you might be Wolverine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You just, I mean, if you look at the photo, like, I looked at me from three years ago, I was like, wow. Like, like, the funny thing is, so many people are like, you have a tiny head now, which is, I don't know if, like, I'm like, thank you, I guess. I don't know, like, they're used to my old candy, like, walking candy apple of a giant head on a small body, but now that I have, like, a normal-sized head on a... My head size hasn't changed. I've just put on fifty pounds. But since then, I night night and day, man, it's crazy.
1: Look, you're you're like obviously very passionate about fitness, but you found like a lot of success, like in the peripherals. I mean, to grow a business from nothing to now like nine people, um, it sounds like you're applying similar techniques to stuff like that or your own finances, because obviously you have to make money to pay people or they they leave. So like what's what, <laughs> true or, or, so I think I have well, tried well, it. we supposed to pay them. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Like so, so how do you apply this to your your own finances to your business to make sure that you know it's onwards and upwards and sure. not you know distraction from eight more reps but then your business is bankrupt.
2: So as far as like growing okay. the team the way I see it I like to kind of adapt Walt Disney's um quote which was like we don't make movies to make money we make money so that we can make more movies Mm. it's like for nerd fitness like i want to build a kick-ass community and this idea that life is a game like i want to build that out and make it fully realized in order for that to happen i can't be the only guy that's doing it i need to hire people and give them a great environment so We, you know, very much like you need a great team in World of Warcraft if you're going to succeed or you need a kick-ass team in Call of Duty. Like, I surrounded myself with people that are smarter than me, that are better at many aspects of what I used to have to do myself. And I let them specialize in the things that they're specializing in. So, I guess that's like what, like Team Fortress, where, like, your characters all have, like, different specializations. Yeah. Um, That's my company. We have a product developer. We have a designer, a developer, a a systems, you know, like an operations manager, a customer service person, an event person. Um, We all have our our lanes that we run in. And as long as we stick to our lanes and and do those things collectively as a team, we can pull off some pretty kick-ass stuff. Like in order for me to write this book and run Nerd Fitness, I needed to hire help. So I did. I've made a lot of mistakes from the hiring perspective and being a terrible boss. Like I've had a, fortunately I have a very, um, very, uh, very forgiving team mm. in that they understand like if I say something or do something or we go in a direction that wasn't great, I'm like, guys, I'm, you know, I'm figuring a lot of this stuff out as I go. I've had some sleepless nights as far as. You know, am I making the right decision, uh, making decisions with incomplete information? Uh, It's been a struggle learning how to become a boss instead of just the guy that jumps around the world or the guy that writes blog articles. But I'm also so freaking excited because I get to create jobs for people and I get to have my work multiplied across many others and impact so many more people as a result. So um, very much like I had to put systems in place for my finances and systems in place to get me to exercise systems in place to get me to play music and travel and whatever. I've learned the hard way that without systems uh, managing a team of eight people remotely, you know, we live in eight different States uh, managing a team without having those systems uh, is a recipe for disaster for being months behind on projects and really struggling. But once we put systems and things in place and accountability and rewards, uh, we've been able to pull off some pretty incredible things.
1: So I I mean it, it seems like you're you're doing everything and you're doing quite a lot. Um we we're, we're reading this book uh in like the our community uh called essentialism essentialism the discourse oh, yeah, of yeah of less and um I, I want to actually talk about what you don't, I mean, I imagine you're doing this interview because you know Thomas, and I was like, please come, it's cool, maybe. <laughs> but I imagine there are so many awesome opportunities that you get that you don't say yes to. How do you kind of reconcile that?
2: Yeah, I used to say yes to everything. And it was probably um, why
1: you were falling apart, right?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I a few years ago actually hired somebody as a consultant to be. I was like, man, we're doing so well, but I'm stretched so thin, and I'm trying to do all these things. And uh, this person came in and said, okay, get rid of this project, get rid of this. You need to sleep. You need. You're going to get burned out. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. And that gentleman was actually his name is Adam Baker, who was a friend and mentor to me for many years. And he, I've now since convinced him to join us full time at Nerd Fitness, which has been oh, quite wow. fun, but there are so many opportunities and I have serious case of FOMO. Like I really worry about missing out on certain things and saying no or saying yes to everything is, is like my default answer. So Mm -hmm. I had to adopt some principles to say like, is you know, it's not like I think I wrote about it in Nerd Fitness once, but I, I think I called it like using the force. You know, like if there are certain opportunities that might be financially lucrative but don't line up with who we are as a company. You know, for example, uh, a company reached out to me, I want to say probably four years ago now, three years ago, and they wanted to make Nerd Fitness infomercials. They're like, we made you know this famous infomercial person super famous and a lot of money, and we want to make Nerd Fitness infomercials. F- flying you up to New York we want to we wanna start cranking out Nerd Fitness DVDs. And I was like, this is a pretty big opportunity. But something about it just didn't feel right. I was like, man, 10 years from now, is this going to line up with my philosophy on what I'm trying to build with Nerd Fitness? And as soon as I realized that it didn't, then that was the easiest decision I ever made. I was like, I'll get by with the money that I'm making and and figure out how to make it work, but this doesn't line up with me. So uh, so I, things like that when it comes to business opportunities, you know, we don't have ads on Nerd Fitness, we don't have sponsors, I don't promote Supplements. There are certain things that, like, I just don't do, and I think that's why Nerd Fitness has been able to be successful. Is I turn down a lot of those opportunities that any other site gent- tends to say yes to, in order to make more money. Um, and then when it comes to personal obligations, I subscribe to the Derek Sivers motto of "It's either a hell yeah or a no." Mm-hmm. Uh, especially here in New York City, there is something happening all day, every day, in every borough, uh, at all times. And I was like, if I said yes to everything, I wouldn't sleep, I wouldn't take care of myself. So like, I say no to a lot of things. I probably piss off plenty of people that wish they could have, I could join them. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But you know, like last night, I went to bed at nine o'clock. I was up at 530 this morning.
0: Dude, so you've been talking about this book that you're writing. And like, you wrote beat a me to you beat me to publish book, I've had that on my list for a long time as well, so congrats on beating me, but yeah, tell us about the book you wrote, because it's coming out, I mean, as the publishing date, as of the publishing date of this show, it'll be coming out tomorrow, right? Sweet. Uh,
2: I wrote a book called Level Up Your Life, which is essentially my life philosophy of building systems and using video game mechanics and behavioral psychology and you know scientific studies to get you to do the things you've always said you wanted to do. So it might be traveling, learning an instrument, learning a language, losing weight, running your first marathon, climbing a mountain, connecting with your kid and doing martial arts, joining a dance club, whatever it may be, all these things that we all say we want to do, but never seem to find the time or the money for this book provides you like a step-by-step blueprint to creating your own character, turning your life into a game, assigning experience point values. You can actually go to levelupyourlife.com as of release date and create your character, write your origin story, create your epic, your own epic quests, add experience point values. And as you cross those things off, level up your character. Um, come up with a fun alter ego name for you. So it's like semi autobiographical, uh, but more of like a, Hey, here's your, if life had a strategy guide, this would be it. You know, very similar to Tim Ferriss's for our work week, sitting on the shelf and, and drastically altering my life's path. I'm hopeful that this book can be that, that, uh, altering of path for somebody else too, that might be drifting or stuck saying, what if, or man, I always wanted to do something like this book is that, uh, that opportunity I'm hoping for for many people Dude,
1: I, first of all I, I didn't know that you're having a book coming out and you literally through this whole conversation <laughs> at the end you're just like oh yeah I have a book that says us I was like sold <laughs>
2: <laughs> well the, everything that we talked about I pretty much detail in in ex, you know explicit detail throughout the book is it's it's a self-help book for people that are skeptical and hate self-help I think um it's like gr- everything is grounded in uh, you know, research and and studies and behavioral psychology and game mechanics and and all of these things. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. I had so much, I I had a blast writing it. I'm really freaking proud of it. I know it's going to help a lot of people and uh, I can't wait to share it with the world.
1: Steve, thank you for coming on and initiating (laughs) us into like the world or like the, the depth of the mind of Steve. Scary, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little scary. <laughs> I, I might be sweating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I really appreciate. It. I thought I thought it was all fantastic. Um, obviously, they can get you at nerdfist.com. dot com. You know, they could check out your book tomorrow. Um, is there any way that they could possibly grab a little bit of Steve? Like, are, do you hang out on Twitter or have I'm you shunned little, all?
2: I'm, I'm I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, don't bother trying to find me on Facebook because uh, I don't sign <laughs> in um but yeah i'm on instagram and twitter both at steve cam and you can look at my walking candy apple versus small head steve photos (laughs) and uh (laughs) and other various you know gymnastic moves that i'm trying to do or the video games that i happen to be
0: playing also guys shameless plug if you want more steve He's on my podcast today as well.
2: Ah. So <laughs> yes.
1: If you
0: can't get enough of this craziness in my brain, check
2: it <laughs> out. Uh, but yeah, no, you can hit me up on on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can learn about the book and create your character at levelupyourlife.com. And then just hang out. We publish free content at nerdfitness.com. And uh, we're all over the place there too.
0: Sweet. Awesome. Well, I think that about covers it all, guys. If, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go to that all those good, man. we come, <laughs> we, come, we, come, we come <laughs> plus. I mean we, we we went to the depths of my brain. That was uh Oh, I know, yeah. And I guess like my brain's like all saturated with this stuff. Uh wrapping up, if you have questions, listenmoneymatters money matters at gmail.com is where you can email us. And we have a community as well, listenmoneymatters.com slash join is where you can find our cool new page coded by Andrew. Woo. And uh yeah. Um, listmoneymanage.com slash toolbox is where you'll find all of our favorite resources so that's all we have thanks so much for sticking around with us, and uh, thank you Steve for coming on the show thanks for the opportunity guys I had a blast
1: yeah later guys
2: please tell your friends about this show Thank you.